Hey, 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 this is Jonathan Breck, the Creeper, and you're listening to the Don't Go Out There podcast. You know the part in scary movies where somebody does something really stupid and everybody hates them for it? This is it. In a world where zombies, ghosts, serial killers, and vampires all exist, it's Nico, Brian, Mike, and Dustin. And they are all that stand between you and the films that could end the world. Welcome to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Review Podcast. just want to thank all our listeners and our new fans. We really appreciate it. I just want to shout out our social medias real quick before we get this film review started. You can find us, you know, on the big three social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, just search at Don't Go Out There. You'll find us. You can see our awesome logo that Brian designed. Uh, tonight is my personal choice uh, for film review. It's 2001's Jeepers Creepers. Uh, we'll go ahead and do our general synopsis real quick, and I'll just go first. Uh, this movie takes me back to junior high school. Uh, I remember the first time I watched this movie. I was staying at a, you know, it was the night before a friend of mine's birthday party. Uh we were all staying at his house. We went to Walmart with his mom. You know, his mom took us. We were all, you know, doing our small town Walmart adventure. And we bought Jeepers Creepers. Uh, we went back to his house and watched it. That was the first time I ever watched this movie. I think I was in seventh grade. Uh, loved the movie then. And I still love it uh, 19 years later. It's really me. And I know I, I actually went back on my personal Twitter account and the podcast Twitter account. Just, you know, did some research on previous tweets we've had and me and mike talked about you know a new slasher and the potential this one had uh but we'll i'll get deeper into that later i really like this movie mike do you want to give your general synopsis oh uh, yeah sure so uh my my first experience with this movie is that i you know i've explained how i got into horror and all that but i remember going through all these franchises kind of knocking them off one by one I waited a really long time to get to this one, partly because I I had seen what the Creeper looked like already. So I kind of felt like, well, I can kind of wait on this. And plus, when I was younger, my sister had seen this movie and kept singing that fucking song around the house. And so, you know, I'm like, fuck this movie. I, like, it didn't it didn't appeal to me the way that a slasher would. So I did, but I did finally get around to it. I want to say maybe about 2008 or nine. And I remember the first time I watched it, I I thought it was good. Uh, there's some I like the movie because it's kind of a mesh of genres within the horror genre. There's some slasher to it. It's a monster movie. It's a mystery movie. There's a lot of different elements that kind of make up the movie, and I like that. I think it's written really well. I think for the budget, which we'll get to, it's shot really well. Mm -hmm. The effects are okay, like they're they're passable effects, and so. As far as the plot, I love the plot. I think the acting is pretty strong, all things considered, you know, by our two main characters. I love the fact that this movie makes me care about our two main characters, which is very tough sometimes in horror. I you get a horror movie, like, I don't give a fuck if these people die. Well, I wanted to see these two make it so. I, I, um, but I, a couple rewatches, I like it more than I did the first time I ever saw it. So it's something that's held up over time, at least in my opinion. Oh yeah, go ahead, Brian. I have a lot of nitpicks. Yeah, me, yeah, <laughs> Just me too. Warn you. Yeah, that's me fair. Too. Hey, it's kind of funny you said junior high school because uh, the movie came out in two thousand one, my senior year in high school, you and 
<laughs> anyway, and uh, I believe I saw it then in the theaters with my uh, then girlfriend, and that was honestly the last time I watched this movie until um, this past week for this review. Um, <clears throat> and I really, I really do like road horror movies. You know, like Joyride yeah. is another great one. I, I mean, I don't know something about them I like. Um, you know, this is I will say this is the only Jeepers movie I've seen. Um, so this review is going to solely be solely based on just that as like a standalone movie for me in particularly, you know I mean? Because I mean, I, I know, especially with me on past reviews, scream, whatever, you know, I can look at a character and either give them a pass or not based on even, you know, movies that they're in the next one, sequels, right. stuff like that. So it honestly, I, I've learned doing this. It really does uh, affect your overview on a movie based on sequels you've seen or not seen. Absolutely. Oh yeah, for sure. Hey, by the uh, way, yeah. you, you don't have to see the sequels, Brian. It's okay. <laughs> That's what I hear. <laughs> no, nah, two two is good. Two is okay. The, the, the third the third okay. one is god awful. Third one's not worth a watch. <laughs> uh, y'all ready to jump into the scene by scene, fellas? Yeah, let's do let's it. Go. So everyone listening, it's just me, Mike, and Brian, and I. We're down right. a couple men, but you know they're still with us in spirit. Uh, the film starts with Trish and Derry driving home on a back road in Florida for spring break. Uh, they're playing a road game where they read off, you know, license plates, you know, just to pass the time. You get a funny moment with sexy forever tag. And then when they get up to pass them, it's an older couple in the RV. That's pretty funny. Then the camera, it cuts to where we see the, you know, the shot is like in the dash or whatever. So you see like their faces and, you know, behind them. Uh, you see the RV, it turns off onto a side road. And then all of a sudden you see like this other truck coming up on them really, really fast. You get a super duper loud score. And then this brown truck is right up on their tail, making them swerve in the middle of the road. As it passes them, finally, Derry sticks his head out and he yells out, Inbreeder! And then Trish and Derry start talking and she brings up these people they knew who went missing on this same highway. And then Derry makes the point of that the license plate said, beating you. The two are pulled over and they're taking a pee break. Uh, Trish throws a car air freshener in Derry's laundry before they get back on the road. They're driving again and they see that brown truck at a church. They see the driver dumping bodies covered in white sheets and bloodstains on him down a pipe. The creeper stares him down as the, and then another chase sequence kicks off. Uh, Trish grabs Derry's cell phone, but of course, it's dead. Of course. This time, the truck rear-ends their car repeatedly. Derry drives their car off the road after a last rear-end collision, and the two are obviously clearly, clearly shook. Uh, Brian, you want to go first on those two first scenes, man? Um, yeah, sure. So, a nitpick right off the bat. Look, she says, the very first scene, she says something about, oh, you just ran a stop sign back there clearly it's a straight road with no stop signs they literally just showed you that road the scene you know the the clip like quick scene right before so that's a little nit, little nitpick I, I saw there um as far as the opening this is the age-old debate we have you know a lot of with a lot of these movies you know I mean, you can argue that this is a slow open you know and, and it honestly is but you know here's that thin line that we always talk about whether it's being boring and building suspense and character development you know, we've talked about so many times on the show where you can waver so easily between the two sides. And to me, like this opening is on the side of, you know, building suspense and character development more than it is boring to me. You know, Trish and Derry, you know, Gina Phillips and uh, Justin Long have really 
honestly great chemistry between the two of them. And you really, I really enjoyed their interaction. When there's not much going on screen, those two hold your attention. And honestly, that's the first and biggest thing that jumped out about me upon rewatching this entire film. Um, my only complaint is that, you know, I wish that there was character development on some other characters in the movie too you know as far as you know when the deaths start coming we don't really give a shit about any of them and you know they're all throwaway characters so that that's kind of one of my only other complaints about there um i would have liked to have seen what Derry's talking about here when when he's talking about kenny and darla and and not just had the exposition um maybe like showed newspaper clippings or something in the opening, you know, during the credits or something kind of to me, like there's prequel potential there. And, you know, which again, you know, I haven't seen the sequels, but from what I hear, it may have been, you know, a better route route than the route they actually went, you know, for the sequels there. Um, uh, Another thing, I think that the whole, the whole opening would have been more effective at night. Um, You know, seeing the creeper throwing the body in broad daylight, I think would have worked better, honestly, at night. That's just, you know, my personal opinion. Um, also, another little mess up I saw that the bumper, like when, whenever the creeper is uh, is ramming, ramming is it was it a Thunderbird? I believe we kept ramming them in the uh, ramming them in the bumper in between when it would show the shots. The bumper kept fixing itself. So that was that was another notice, a uh, little note that I noticed there. Um, and uh, so yeah, that that's that's it. I believe that's as far as the opening there that I went. Oh no, the last. Yeah, the last little thing is that I, I would I would say I'm a little bit of confused with the writing. So the creeper sees that they see him stashing the bodies, and I assume you assume I guess as an audience member that he wants to kill them, you know, for it as witnesses, right? But I mean, all he does is run them off the road into a field and like not into a tree or something. So I don't really I guess that kind of really threw me off a little bit. But but I guess later on was it I guess just to make him scared so that he could see the the fear or whatever that's I guess that's what it was but had to now yeah. that I think about it okay yeah I'm Man. I'm with you Brian I like personally I I, I really like this opening scene because it leaves to me it leaves a lot of mystery of what's going on like like what's in this brown truck because the you know the like the window is or whatever is really tinted so you can't see him. Uh, the two, when they drive by the church in the pipe, yeah, you kind of see the creeper, but you don't see his face. He's got that right. big hat on and all that. Right. I really, I'll get into this later, but I really like that they waited so long in this movie to reveal what he looks like. Uh, go ahead, Mike. I agree. Yeah, yeah, so a lot of my nitpicks, surprisingly, not really, are the same as Brian's. One, stop sign, notice it right away, uh, especially on this rewatch. But that's, it's small. I'm not going to complain about it too much. Um, but I really like these two characters. Uh, they're very believable characters. They're very relatable characters. I love. I think they're a believable brother and sister, which is hard to do in cinema sometimes. Uh, yeah. I think they're. There might be an age difference here. I have no idea, but they do a pretty good job of of connecting and making us, you know, feel like these two are actually related. Um, yeah, there's a big there's a big right. age difference in the actual actors because right. that's uh, what I mean. Actress, right. I believe the actress I believe was over thirty when she was filming this, but Justin Long was like really you know early twenties I believe. Right. That I, I read that at some point I believe. Um, <laughs> gay fever, come on, bro. Can't <laughs> <laughs> fucking read, you fucking moron. <laughs> anyway, um, I love the banter that they have here. The you know the cat fighting and all, like. Like it's just really good. I 
It's a long opening scene. I don't disagree with that, but I will say I think it's a good long opening scene. Sometimes I'm just like, okay, come yeah. the fuck on. Here, I never got that. Um, I thought the suspense is good. Uh, Mr. Polly sidetrack team guy is fucking hilarious to me. Um, I like these. I, I like these play scenes during. Just for the sake of being loud, they're loud to add to the intensity and the suspense. I thought they did a really good job there uh, both times. I think that uh, I have to find a metal line in each movie. The fact yeah. that he said the the vehicle was for ser- uh, for serial killers is meta, so that's awesome. Thank you. Uh, Mike loves meta. At don't go out there. Sorry. Anyway. Um, well, there's a, yeah, there's an I, even better metal line coming up here. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> no, I know. I was gonna save it. But, uh, no, I, uh, again, good scene. I don't feel like it's too long. So, uh, but what I will say is when they run off the road, and you might have not done this yet, so maybe I'm giving you a good, this is a good way to go into the next scene. Why the fuck are you going back there? Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, it's a horror movie. Come on now. Yeah, that's the, yeah, that's the next scene. Uh, but I agree with you. Dare uses uh, Dare uses some of his laundry uh, to get their trunk to stay closed. Uh, he wants to go back to the pipe to see if anyone is still alive or needs help. Trish mm. is not on board. Yeah, Trish is not on board with this. <laughs> but he uses the "What if it was you?" guilt trip. Ugh. They get back to the church and there's ravens all over it. Dare looks down the pipe and says he sees light. Trish goes to get a flashlight, and this is that meta moment Brian was just talking about. Uh, this is, you know, in part in the horror movies that everyone thinks the pe- people are stupid or something like that. I didn't write down the actual line. Derry gets deeper into the pipe as he hears a cry from the bottom. Trish is holding onto his feet. Then he panics as some rats crawl towards him and he falls into the basement. He cuts his hand and his shirt. Derry sees the sheet-covered body. He walks and he walks towards it and a hand grabs his leg. Derry rips the sheet open and sees his face. He reaches in the body who's all wrapped up. He reaches towards his stomach and Derry rips the sheet open and he sees his sewn up wound. The body tries to talk to Derry, but he dies and he, you know, he looks awful. Derry tells Trish to go to the road to flag down help if, if anybody passes by. She's harassed by birds as she walks away. Derry grabs his flashlight and sees all the sheet covered bodies. He goes to tie his shoe and a liquid drips on his, his foot, his shoe. He notices all these bodies attached to the wall and ceiling. Derry finds the couple they were talking about, you know, earlier in the car ride with the class ring on his hand. Back to Trish. She sees a false scare where you think it's the creeper's truck pulling up on him, but it's just a hay truck. She gets in the car and it won't go in gear, of course. She, she, you know, she gets a little bit of relief when the hay truck drives by, but Derry sneaks up behind her and slaps the window and scares her. And you can tell he's absolutely scarred from what he's seen down there. Uh, Mike, do you want to go first on that, man? Yeah, so let me repeat what I said previously. Why the fuck would you go back there? I, <laughs> I mean, I know it's like a good conscience thing, I guess, but man, um, I'm just going to uh, pretend I didn't see that and mosey on down the road here. That that would be my uh, recommendation, but whatever. It's a horror movie, so actually I wrote down, don't go back, you fuckwad, in my notes. So, um, Don't go back there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't go out there. Don't go back there. Don't, don't go there. Um, what I'll say is I like this. I like this pipe scene, the way it shot, the the discovering of the bodies. I think 
is is creepy and gross and fucking crazy. Like it's not something I saw coming the very first time I saw this movie. I think the effects are good enough with those bodies. Um, and it's again, it, it uses suspense and it builds and it builds, and I really like that. Like the way it's shot. My only nitpick with this is it was very predictable the minute he said hold my feet where this scene was going. So it's a minor nitpick, and I feel like it was maybe it's not even necessary, but it kind of was like, oh, well, this is he's obviously falling down this fucking pipe. But I thought they still built it well with the rats and stuff like that. So I have uh, I don't have a huge issue with it again. Shot shot. Great. Like every the the camera work here is some of the best in the movie, at least in my opinion. Um, and it's, re- it's just really good horror movie making. Like there's a, there, there's a lot to like there. Um, one more nitpick. This guy has time to stop and tie his fucking shoe. Yeah. That's that one. That one yeah. And they show it. <laughs> and I know they're trying to build suspense, but I don't know. That's just like something I'm like, eh, that's not, that's not for, for me. But again, like the scene, I'm still invested. I have, it hasn't taken me out of anything. So that's very, very important. Um, and again, they do a good job with making these effects on the budget they had. They put a lot towards the effects, at least in my opinion, because while they're not like great, they're not like the thing or anything like that. They're good. They're good enough. It's better than B horror, at least in my opinion. Also, I wrote down that that jump scare actually almost got me like that's kind of hard to do. I did not see that coming. They built that really well, and I wrote, Derry has seen some shit, man, which is very, very true. So, yep, that's all I got. Hey, Brian, before you go, I want to make one point I like and one nitpick I had. The point I like was when Derry is tying his shoe, you get a really cool shot of the flashlight showing the bodies before he sees it. I really like that. But the nitpick I have with the scene is the guy who's wrapped up in sheets. He's already got this giant wound. And I'm pretty sure he just got through down that pipe. Wouldn't he have died probably just from getting thrown down the pipe itself? That's probably, just, you know, after getting cut up like that, then thrown. Just, just a nitpick. But go ahead, Brian. What's your thoughts, man? And probably wouldn't be laying perfectly on his back in that exact spot, and you know, not in front of the tube either. So anyway, oh, oh. yeah. Hey, Brian. Yeah. Go shot. ahead. Where Derry falls down the pipe. The oh way yeah, the I have. Side, I have. It's so fucking good. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I have that exact same thing. I have that exact same thing too. Um, one of one of these things I thought was funny is Gina says girls are smarter, but two years later, little does she know, Jessica Biel will make similar terrible choices than a little backwoods country remake film of her own, <laughs> <laughs> causing all of her friends to die. So that that's that's the first thing I thought about because there's so much of this movie that reminded me of that. I guess just being on the long country road, running into you know the whole old city, old town, stuff like that. So, um. I have to say, you know, holding my feet on this very long, long pipe wasn't the best plan in the world because, I mean, I kind of thought that was funny because he's like, hey, hold my feet. Let me get about two more feet of this, you know, what, 30, 40 feet long pipe that I thought was like pointless for that to even happen. So uh, my, my man Justin's plan doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But my biggest nitpick, though, is this would have been so much better again at night. I, th- I feel like there would have been a lot more tension than there was just in the broad daylight. Um, I agree. I, and again, I wrote in my, my notes here, Mike, you know, loved the shot of him falling. I mean, you could tell it was low budget, but it looked really good. And it was really yeah, effective. It was really effective. Like it really looked like he hit the ground, you know, hard. So I, I don't really know the behind the scenes of that shot, but it was it looked really good on film. 
Um, I like the effects of the cave and the bodies. Now, obviously, there isn't hundreds, like he says, later, but it's a good amount. It looked really good. Um, shout out to Steven Leslie, the production designer on the film, for for that, because for that, he did a really good job. Um, and, yeah, you talked about it a little bit. I love the fake out with the old truck, and, you know, you think it's the creeper van. Because, yeah, that, that little, that jump scare is very effective because, I mean, you get, you get, okay, woof, that's not it. And then, boom, you know, my man, my man, Justin Long has got to figure out a better way of letting someone know you're okay. Because that's, that's pretty, that's pretty jacked up. <laughs> but here's my, my last nitpick is that they don't, it's like the very next cut scene, they're, they're in the car and it looks like they've been in the car for a minute and then they start talking about it. Like, it's really hard, kind of hard for me to believe that there's no conversation between you know about anything that just happened until you've already gotten in the car and you're down the road a little bit so especially when you see your brother looking the way that he did so that was a little bit of an unbelievable nitpick to me kind of uh trish is driving now in dairy like i'm actually you know uh trish is driving now and dairy isn't speaking much because i wrote he's just so shook up from what he saw which i mean you can argue which way one person may be speechless after what happened but another person might be running for help who knows yeah man. uh he tells her about the girl's head that was sewn back on the one they were talking about earlier they finally get to a gas station slash diner and when they pull up to the gas pump the creeper's truck drives right past them heading back towards the old church they run into the diner and ask them to call the police trish pushes dairy into the wall because he's still so shook up uh the payphone right beside them rings Trish answers, and some mystery woman asks if they've seen the cats. Then she describes Derry's, uh, you know, his hand wound and the rose tattoo right by his belly button. Then she brings up this demon, devils, talking about the creeper, uh, House of Pain. She warns them of the Jeepers Creeper song, and if you hear it, something bad's about to happen. Derry says, fuck you, and then hangs up on her. The <laughs> cops show up, and Derry tells them what he saw. The cop appears to not believe Derry because of how wild it sounds. He says, let's go look, then. Then the waitress tells them that someone is at their car. They go outside, and Derry sees off his laundry all over the ground. The waitress says it appeared like it was liking it because he was it, the, the creeper was sniffing his laundry. Then Derry shows the police this hand fingerprints on their doorknob or on the doorknob, and Trish looks up thinking she heard something flying. Trish and Derry are heading to the church with the two cops following behind them. They get a mess. The cops get a message on the radio that the church is on fire. Uh, Trish turns on the radio and the Jeepers Creepers song is playing. The cops hear something land on top of their car. The female cop pokes her head out the window to look up and she's ripped out of the car. Then a hand goes through the roof of the car and grabs the male cop's head and decapitates him with his axe. He throw the creeper throws the head and it lands on Trish's windshield. Trish, they you know they slam on the brakes and they spin around the middle of the road. Trash gets out. Trish gets out of the car and walks towards the cop car. And then Derry notices a blood stain on top of their car. And then she sees the cop's head in the middle of the road. They run back into the car and they see the creeper get out and grab the head. <laughs> this is kind of a funny scene, too. The creeper, he's sniffing the, this cop's head and then he bites the tongue out of it and he eats it. And I just wrote there, there's a funny butcher sign in the background as yeah. it happens. I think it's like I think it says yeah. it tastes super good or something. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Uh, Trish and Dare, you know, they they race off. You know, they're burning rubber as they get out of there. And then this is a scene. This is a scene I like. The creeper opens up his back doors of the truck, and he throws the bodies into the back of the truck. 
Then he opens it one more time and just tosses the head in there. No big deal. And I really like that shot because it was from like the back of the right. back of the bed or whatever. It's really cool. Uh, Mike, do you want to go first on those two scenes, man? Yeah, man. So I okay. What I do like about the way they set this up, one, you don't really know the significance of this phone call yet. Uh, again, I'm I'm not a normally I'm not a huge fan of phone rings. You know, we talked about it with Scream. Random phone rings. Do you have to go pick it up and answer it? No, no, you don't have to do that. You can <laughs> let that phone fucking ring. Leave him on hold. Um, but uh, I, I was a little confused the first time that I saw. I mean, obviously we know what happens and what it ends up being. But uh, great introduction of the song. The song fits so well. I like that they didn't. I like this movie a lot because they don't overdo the song. Two doesn't do it enough. Three does it too much. This movie gets it just right with the the way they use this this creeper song it's really well done um they the the uh other song that has the lines from the jeepers creeper song it sounds like it's from the 80s i have no idea i'm sorry i'm i'm not old enough but i like the way it plays like i I think it's good um also with the creeper here you get right now it's just a slasher to me which is good i like slasher movies Right now, I'm only taking all of this in as slasher because all you you haven't been able to see the creeper yet, like full face, like you, you don't really know what this thing looks like. So it's just a guy in a hat and a trench coat, which I I like the slow reveal that we get here. I like the scene where you see him rise up on top of the car is fucking good. I like the way that shot. Uh, I like the kill uh, of the cop. I think when he throws the head. It makes me laugh every time. I forget it. And then it comes. And I laugh my ass off. I'm like, damn it. I mean, could you imagine you're sitting in a car, you're driving, and all of a sudden here comes a fucking head, like just flying on your windshield. Man, that would, first of all, small nitpick, they stop. No. Nope. If a head comes, I'm going. I'm not stopping. Fuck all that. But that's just, you know, a little crazy nitpick there. Um, Again, you talked about the shot. Where he throws the bodies in the back and all that. That's a good shot. I agree with you. And again, we still don't know what this creeper looks like, what he is. And this is these scenes work better because they're at night. So Brian makes a great point where now we're starting to kind of kick things up a notch here. This is where the you know you know bodies start falling. The kill. There's a good kill with the cop and the axe and all that. So um, I like these scenes. They, they do a good job. So, first, right off the bat, I'm just going to say I do not at all like the psychic character at all in this entire movie. Like, to me, I think that you can do this a better route, and I I got a little bit more as we get into her um, about that. But right off the bat, like, I know we're introduced to her here, and I just – honestly, I don't like her character at all. Um, And I know – and I know it's going to seem like I'm nitpicking a whole lot, and that it probably seems like I hate this movie, but I really do not. I just – you know, I, I just just how I guess I view the movie is I nitpick it a lot. But, you know, 46 minutes into the movie and you get the first kill, which, you know, OK, that's fine and dandy. You're building character development. But both of the kills were off screen. We don't care about the cops. We don't even get to see a good kill either out of them. So, I mean, I mean, I know a head flies on the car, but that's still like after the after the fact. And I would have liked to have seen that. And, you know, that might have been due to, like Mike said, a little budgetary um, restraints there. I'm not sure. But um, I, I absolutely love how he just casually walks up to that head whistling. And honestly, what I lacked in seeing in the kill, watching him pull his tongue out with his teeth was holy shit worthy to me. <laughs> I was like, oh, geez. 
Um, lastly, look, I, I really, I love the look of Jeepers. I mean, you kind of get, especially towards the end here, you get a little bit of a, a pretty good shot of him, you know, face on and stuff. And, you know, we give credit to Jonathan Breck, who I'm trying because, you know, Nico really wants, I'm trying to get him, you know, to come on the show, but he does a great job of portraying this character. And honestly, hats off to the director and writer, Victor Salva, because he really doesn't give you much about the creeper at all in this entire movie. And I really like that. Um, there's so many unanswered questions about this thing, and it really it really works in this film, I believe. Um, it adds to its mystique, something that can easily be lost, honestly, with too much background information on the killers, as we've seen in, in franchise after franchise. Oh, yeah. Dar- Dari yells to Trish to slow down as they're driving down this uh, highway. She slams on the brakes, and they're in front of his house. And she's like, let's just go in here and try to make a call. They get to the house, and the cat lady is sitting on the front porch. They get a little scared when they see all the cats show up after the call they received earlier. She goes to get the phone, but the lights cut off randomly, and she asks, y'all got anyone else with you? She notices that that's not her scarecrow anymore that's in her hayfield. She walks out with a shotgun. As she shoots the creeper, it flies into the lady's house. Trish and Derry try to stop her from going back inside, but she hits Derry in the sack with a gun. She goes in, and we see and hear two gunshots. Then you see her body approaching the outside door, and we finally see the creeper's face. Trish and Derry run to the car and get out to the street. She try, you know, the car, the, the car's gears have been sticking, and it's really bad now, and they can't drive, but it's stuck in reverse. So Derry just says, well, just drive in reverse. So she throws in reverse, and the creeper jumps off. She finally gets it in gear and tries to run it over, but the creeper just jumps on top of the car running across it. And she throws in reverse and it does it again. But this is where Trish, she baits him into thinking the car's not working right. You know, she's like playing with the gears and she's talking trash to him. She finally gets it in gear and runs this creeper over. The creeper's body flies into the air and its weapons fall on the hood of the car and then its body lands on the back of the car. Trish throws the car in reverse, and she runs the creeper over and over repeatedly. As she goes to do it one more time, you see this wing pop out from the creeper's, you know, jacket. And, it, and you know, the wing bats, you know, it flaps a couple times, and then they just run this car. Uh, they, run, they run the creeper over with the car one more time. And you can see his body is really, really uh, disintegrated and crushed. Uh, Brian, what are your thoughts on just the cat lady scene and well, the reveal I mean- of the creeper finally? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I think they have way too long of a calm conversation with this cat lady after everything that they've just seen. I mean, but I do love the shot of him standing out like a scarecrow. That was great cinematography there. Um, she's pretty badass just walking out there with the shotgun. Um, but once again, we get another basically off-screen death of that old lady. I mean, I know she dies technically on screen, you know, with you know gagging or, or being choked we're not really sure but you know we don't really see why and so that's just another complaint with another kill <laughs> another nitpicks i have here is that okay so let me get it straight he jumped over the car twice as she accelerated a long way away and runs him over i mean he had a good 30 yards honestly even i know she was baiting him in but still like from the shot of the camera she he still had plenty of about 30 yards to jump over that car if you wanted to and you're gonna hate me for saying this probably but it reminded me of the scene in austin powers where he's got the steamroller and he keeps going back and forth with the guy and the steamroller and he's going no don't run me over no <laughs> and it's like it's like two minutes they're so far away that's that's honestly that's what i thought about so but uh 
But Oz, big props for backing up and running over three times. Big props for that. You know, how old dude survived that? I have no Never idea. Never happens in a horror movie. Right, Never. exactly. Big props to her for that. Um, and another question I had is, I mean, I guess maybe it's just left up to interpretation, but I, why does he drive a car if he's got wings? And yes! So yes! I guess it's just kind of a cool thing. He just likes to drive like Michael Myers does. I don't know, but he's got wings, you know, so I'm not real sure. Um, no, huge plot hole. Sorry. That's, that's, how, that's, how he gets, that's how he gets people scared on the highway without being too obvious of a creature, I think. That's just my interpretation. <laughs> oh, that's okay. the only well, thing okay, that okay. would make any sense. Yeah, yeah that, that really is the only thing that would make sense. <laughs> All right, go ahead. I wrote it down, too. I said, why the fuck does this guy drive when he can fly? <laughs> Screw that, right. man. Hey, um, that because, truck is cool, though. That truck no, it is. is. Cool, <laughs> it, and it is jalopy as fuck, man. There, there is a lot of shit going on with that truck. Um, So... Uh, let's see. I love this. I love this crazy cat lady. She's fearless. She and by the way, I don't know how her gun makes such an explosive shot, but it's kind of cool. So <laughs> I like it. Uh, as my, uh, the slow reveal of us getting what the for us getting what the creeper looks like is awesome. Um, and he looks gross. Like I, but but I felt rewarded by it because again at this point the first time i ever see it i think it's a typical flasher i mean i know what the creeper looked like but still i didn't quite understand the character so i'm just thinking it's a normal guy with like a mask or something but no we and you know we get to the wing scene and he's he's run over and run over and run over and which is great by the way thank god somebody had some common sense in a fucking horror movie to actually go back and try to actually kill something instead of just doing it and and fucking uh anyway so uh i like that the creeper eats b- certain body parts so he can regenerate that's a really cool way to to get around the fact that he was run over a couple times now he's gonna regrow those body parts because he, he he eats tongues and heads and arms and stuff so he can regenerate and again we don't know what the fuck this creature is but i remember the first time i ever saw this movie and the wing pops out I'm like, what the fuck is this thing? Because, again, still don't know what this is. And then a fucking wing pops out. It's very, <laughs> very just, it It took me by surprise. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I have on those. Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. All right. I only got two more scenes, fellas, and it's both of them in the jail. Uh, they, get to, they get to a jail, and they call their mom. Giselle, the lady from the call earlier, barges in. The sergeant wants her to leave. Giselle tells them she saw those bodies in a dream and them with all the cats. She tells them that every 23rd spring for 23 days, it gets to eat. Whatever it eats becomes a part of it. The creeper truck arrives to the jail. And I really like this thing, too, where you just see, like, the creeper, like, it's like a nub leg grows out and hobbles towards the jail. The creeper creeper scares you to see if there's anything it wants from you, Giselle tells them. The power and the phones go out. Another officer is doing a body count of the inmates. He gets to a cell where two inmates are scared and they, you know, their backs are against the wall. And you hear this tapping noise. It's the creeper's wing as it's eating another inmate. You know, like bit off his leg and it's like eating like its heart and maybe other parts up top. The officer pulls his gun out to shoot and he shoots it, but it does nothing. Giselle tells them the creeper finds them in a room as they're screaming their last scream. The sergeant gets a message on his radio. It's coming up from the stairwell. All the cops form and watch the stairwell. You hear a bunch of gunshots. Then one officer walks forward to look, and the creeper appears and rips his heart out. 
he drops dead. The other cops look up the stairwell and start shooting. And we'll save the last little bit with Derry for the last scene. Uh, Mike, do you want to go first on just that quick jail scene? Uh, yeah, so some of the some of this stuff kind of takes me out a little bit because I'm so invested in the brother and sister. And it gets into like a cop chase thing, and it takes me out of it a little bit. It doesn't ruin the movie for me or anything, but I just kind of feel like maybe – and I know it's only an hour and a half, but – you know, I messaged you about it last night where this, this is the part I was talking about where I could kind of feel the time a little bit. Maybe I'm just not invest. There's cops chasing what we now know is a mythical creature, and so I'm really not invested in that. Like, it, But that's just me. But there's some cool stuff in these jail scenes where you, you get to see more what the creeper looks like, and he's fucking disgusting. Um, but there's some good interactions. I don't necessarily mind the psychic as much. As Brian does, it's not my favorite part or anything, but I think at least it ties up the phone call, makes that phone call make more sense. Um, I think the actress is really good, like the psychic who, play, who you know, who plays her. I, I I think she's really good. She does her best to like fit into the role, but again, when you say it out loud, she's the town psychic. Kind of sounds like some bullshit from 1986 <laughs> or something, but um, it just that doesn't quite fit. But to their credit, I think in this setting it works. It works. So I, I don't have a huge uh, c- c- complaint. I'm just kind of ready to get to the last part, which is probably my favorite. The, the beginning of this movie and the end of this movie, I really fucking love. Brian, before you go, I'm going to agree with what you said earlier. I, I don't really like Giselle that much either because it kind of feels forced. And I've listened to a, um, an episode, a podcast episode that uh, dead meat james did and his girlfriend chelsea rebecca you know they talk about you know horror tropes and and this lady she's she's a <laughs> she's a she she's what they call you know the magical spiritual black person in a horror movie it, it's it's forced i don't like it i wish there was another way they could find out about this creeper every 23rd year and all that i i, right. I the, yeah. the, the 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 psychic lady she kind of takes me out of this this ending a little bit but she does act it well. She doesn't do a bad job. Right. I just don't. I just don't like it. I'm with. I'm with both of you on that. Go ahead, Brian. Well, yeah. I mean, she's there just to give the exposition, and I get that because you don't know. I mean, you don't know this. The uh, like Mike brought up the about eating body parts and regenerating. She tells you that, but shit, show me that. I would rather be shown that than told that, and that's the biggest part of my complaints for a lot of this movie. And maybe it was budgetary constraints. I don't know behind the scenes again, but. I would like to be shown some of this stuff that I'm just being told through exposition. And I really feel like you could have done that. Mike talked about not caring about the scenes because of the cops. And that's exactly what I was talking about earlier. There's right. no character development for exactly. anybody else in this movie. Like show me fifteen, ten, five, ten minutes, a couple of scenes of like a couple of these cops like at home in their home life, like or something at the beginning just to get you to know them a little bit or something. Because the only characters you give a shit at all about in this movie are the two main ones, and that's it. Um, you know, and another nitpick of mine, and I don't know how these scenes were shot out of order or what, but you know, Justin Long played it really good when he was emotionally scared. You know, at the mm-hmm. start of it, after all that shit. But at this point in the film, neither of them looked tired, neither of them looked emotionally scarred. They just look or worn down. I mean, they just or emotionally drained or anything. They just look like the movie just started and they're perfectly fine in this police station. And that's a that's something that I would have liked to have seen them do a little bit better. Like I said. You know, I don't know if it was continuity on when they were, when it was shot. You know, maybe it was shot first, but still they should have, you know, I think shown that a little bit better. 
Um, and honestly, I'm going to bitch about the psychic a little bit more, but she's not even good at her damn job. Like her, she gets everything, <laughs> like half the shit she's I've seen and stuff is wrong. So what's the point of her? Um, besides to maybe throw you off a little bit about, you know, the ending, which is coming up. Um, also one little, uh, uh, spoof or nitpick or whatever you want to call it. But whenever the, uh, the creatures in, in the holding cell eating that inmate, you can actually see the zipper on the back of the creatures, uh, um, uh, suit there, like by the wing, uh, pretty good. So I don't know if that was just because it's in high definition now and it wasn't back then and you can see stuff a lot more clearly. I don't know, Mm -hmm. but, but, uh, I definitely noticed that. Um, and the good, a good thing here, I'll say the cop with the hole through his chest, the best kill to me in the whole movie, and that's honestly by default because, again, right. another big complaint of mine is they just don't show you much. No, I'm with you. Um, I think I, I, I'm excited to get to the review just so I'm excited to hear what Brian's rating is. I think me and him disagree on a couple of things, uh, but we'll, uh, but that's a good discussion for later on. Uh, this is the last scene, and this is this this is what got Trish into my top final girls list. I, I really like Trish in this movie. But one thing I wanted to point out is, you know, she made that meta moment, you know, self-aware moment of, you know, going back to the pipe. But like Brian said, they didn't look tired. They look relieved. It's like you got to know in a horror movie that the creature is never dead just because you ran it over, too. So uh, this is the last scene. Giselle, Trish and Derry, they try to leave and the doors are all locked. The creeper appears crawling on the wall as they're arguing and Derry asks about what happens to them. The creeper appears right behind Giselle as she prays and sniffs her, but leaves her be. Trish and Derry get to her room upstairs with a was it two? Is it two? I think it's a two-way mirror. Uh, the creeper sees Trish and she and he's sniffing her through it. We see them two. This part I kind of I really don't like this part. Just seeing Trish and Derry, you know, fighting with each other. Like, what are they doing? Then the creeper like jumps through the wall. He grab he, he grabs both of them by the neck and chokes them, and he starts sniffing both of them, and like he licks Trish. But then he, he grabs Derry and throws Trish towards the other wall. The SWAT team shows up, and the creeper has Derry hostage by the window, and he begins shrieking, and it reveals its true face. And you see, like, this really cool, like, like these appendages coming off his face and neck. Trish begs the creeper to take her and not him. She says she's stronger than him. It shrieks and extends its wings. The creeper blasts out the window, and Trish runs out crying for Derry. You see the creeper flying off. The next morning, Trish is still in the jail. And this this is something I wrote. Uh, back to business as usual, I guess, with the folks getting arrested at the jail. <laughs> I, guess no, I guess nothing happened last night. Uh, oh, she, she asked Giselle more about her dream. And Trish goes outside and she sees this raving flying off. It fades into a shot at an abandoned, I wrote an abandoned looking mill, I guess is what it is, or some kind of factory. You hear cries in the background as we're inside this factory as, you know, the shot ventures through the building. Then you hear the Jeepers Creepers song playing in the background, and the creeper, he's just walking around. It shows Derry's body, you know, like a little rose tattooed by his stomach. Then it gets to his head, and you see that his eyes are missing. And then it shows the creeper get right behind him, and you can see the eyes going through Derry's, you know, those big holes in his head. I really like that visual. It's really good. Yes. I don't really have much to say at the ending, except I thought it was kind of weird how the jail just went right back to business as usual after what just happened. Yep. Uh, the only thing I was going to say is, you know, kind of my disagreement with Brian is the kills in this movie didn't really bother me just because I felt like this movie was 
more of a buildup of this new creature, the new creeper. I can understand right. if you want the kills to be more a little more vicious or or even, you know, build up the cops more. But I think this movie is just strictly for Trish, Derry, and the Creeper. But I can understand somebody not, you know, want, maybe wanting a little bit more. Uh, Mike, do you want to go uh, on your thoughts with that last scene, man? Yeah, sure. So I, I think um, I love this scene, partly because the ending. And what I mean is it's not happy. And that I love when a horror movie goes there. It doesn't wrap up in a neat little bow. Well, it does. But it's not a happy little bow. It's it, there's some bad there. Uh, I like Trish for the reason that you said, where she tries to self-sacrifice and, and it ends up going the other way. <laughs> Particularly, he just like he's like, eh, ah, I'm not listening to you, bitch, and kidnaps him. And again, you're right. I said the same thing when the jail went back to normal. I'm like, well, what the fuck? All this <laughs> shit just went down here last night. Nobody. It's that now that is a horror trope, like. Woo-hoo-hoo, you know, whoop de doo like nothing happened here. No, man, this fucking gargoyle-looking thing with fucking... Th- By the way, a really cool visual with the shit coming out of his head. Love that shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the ending shot, man, of those, you know, where his eyes are missing and you get the eyes at the... That is so good. I love the way the song is used there. Again, not used too much, used perfectly. And I've talked about it on this show before. Old music, for whatever oh, yeah. reason, is yeah. fucking creepy, man. We talked about it in The Strangers. It's creepy in this movie, too. It is just, ugh. There's a couple times in this movie that make me go, ooh. And that's very hard for a horror movie to do. So I do give them props. And I think the music is used perfectly. So, yeah, I really saw it ending. I love that it didn't end happy. I love the character of Trish, like you said. There's, at this point, I, I, this makes me wish so bad they had cut those cop scenes out. Or shorten them up or something because there is a point on a, upon a rewatch where I'm kind of like, uh, okay, like I just wish that had went bam, 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 give me the thrills, give me the action because we spilt, spent so much of this movie building up and building up and building up to this closing scene, which again I love, I think it's good, and the and the guy who plays the creeper whose name is slipping me, great job, but his fate like his facials. The way he moves his body around, really good job, especially at the end here. So, all, like, overall, I like the closing. I just felt like the scenes before it almost kind of drags it down just a little bit. Jonathan Breck is the... There is you the go, crazy. Jonathan Breck. Yeah. Who does it at all three, and the third one being bad is not his fault. Um, before I get to the ending, like, I'll just, I'll just say I kind of laughed. Look, come on, set designers. Like, I feel like, I feel like that... It's very obvious that Derry could easily fit through the window. Oh, I know, bro. That he's trying to find a way out this window, and the bars are hindering him, and they're bigger than he is. I mean, it's – come on, guys. Like, all you had to do is put a few more bars in there. It would have made that a lot better of a shot. And uh, I really do – I will say, before I get into the ending one more time, I would love the shot of Jeepers and Trish through the two-way mirror. Like, I really thought that was really good just cinematography, period, Mm -hmm. that good shot. Um, Yeah. Go ahead. Oh no! You you mentioned that, and I have it in my notes, and I skipped over it. I apologize for interrupting you, but the the mirror scene is really good. the 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 silent argument and him break and creeper breaking that up, I fucking love it, man. It it's a jump scare that again twice in this movie. Kind of, you know, the first time I watched it, I kind of you know moved a little bit, which is again very difficult to get me to do. So, job well done. Well, okay, and look, I. 
I've, I love this ending, the very ending. Like, I love it. You know, and as we know, we've talked about this on the show many times, like the endings can make or break these movies. You know, for example, we all pretty much agree on Halloween Resurrection being pretty good. And then the ending makes me hate it, you know, and, and Nico oh, not no, hate no. it. I mean, because so it's like that the ending anyway, not getting I, I into that. the whole movie, but that's fine. Not getting into that, but you know we've discussed that many times. These endings are big time, and to me, like the ending, the ending of this movie makes this movie. Um, I mean, it, you think that he's taking Derry off, and we're about to get this third act rescue. And honestly, I, I read where they actually had in the script but didn't have enough money, where they were going to have another act after that, and another fight between Justin Long and Creeper and, and some other stuff. But I'm glad they didn't do it. I'm glad they didn't do it. I really love how it ends here because it's different, yep. and yep. you know I really do love that. And so for all the shit that I've given this movie the entire time, this ending saves this movie to me. One thing I would like to see the ending do is get rid of Giselle. <laughs> Don't just get rid of her <laughs> yes. for the ending. Yes. Maybe show yeah. maybe show Trish running outside, you know, with tears to her mom or whatever. <clears throat> then it cuts into you know Derry's death reveal. I would have liked that better. Just get Giselle out of this ending. We don't need her saying, "Hey, your folks arrived." How do you know that's her mom? You just met this bitch. Well, I was yeah. I don't know why they didn't kill her in the movie, but I was I bitched about that in my notes and didn't read it off. But I was like, "That's bullshit." That she did not die because I number one, I didn't like her in the first place, and number two, he just smells her and goes off. I'm like, "Come on, kill her." <laughs> yeah, y'all ready to jump into some fun facts? Sure. One fun fact, only because of where we live, but the right. movie was shot in northern Florida around Ocala, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, the highway where much of the film was shot didn't appear deserted, though, so Salva got local homeowners to uproot their mailboxes temporarily and stuff for some of the for some of the shots. I thought that was pretty cool. Once Salva arrived in Florida, he discovered that $1 million worth of his financing had fallen through and was forced to cut some 20 pages of the script from the end of the film, which, like I said, I'm kind of glad that happened, honestly. Um, this is what I was talking about. There would have been a fiery climax where Derry manages to uh, get behind the wheel of Creeper's truck, drives into an oncoming train, and suicidal attempt to destroy the creature. But, you know, after budget cuts, they couldn't do that. Go ahead, Mike. Uh so Justin Long and Gina Phillips, the brother and sister here, didn't meet uh, the uh, the actor who played the creeper until after filming rap outside of makeup, obviously, uh, is what I mean there. So, I mean, I mean, that kept their reaction kind of real and fresh. And and I think that was a good idea. Um, this is loosely based on a 1991 Unsolved Mysteries episode. Right. And I do mean loosely, very, very loose. But he did mention it. Or Victor Salva, the director, did, has mentioned it in interviews they he kind of it's a completely made up character the creeper itself but the actual you know mystery and stuff is kind of uh is kind of based off that and uh i have a couple that you mentioned so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go over that but the truck was really actually a big time piece of shit they threw together a bunch of different shit stuff didn't work the exhaust like almost suffocated people when they were trying to shoot with it uh and the actors uh when they auditioned or got this script they almost had to put uh, they had to put it down and walk away a couple times. So I almost I, I also put shot in Ocala. Damn it. <laughs> uh, Victor Salva wrote the main characters as brother and sister to eliminate any sexual tension and keep the focus on escaping the creeper. I like that. Uh, in the scene with the cat lady, all her cats looked through the screens because tuna had been smeared on the screens. Uh, at the time, it was the highest grossing film ever released on Labor Day. But that was broken by the sequel two years later. 
Uh, Jonathan Brick's uh, test audition scared Victor Salva so greatly he cast him almost immediately as the Creeper. And I'm glad uh, Brian brought up the stuff about the mailboxes because, you know, I'm a mailman. Had to had to get that out there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this budget was $10 million, which is nickels, pennies, by right. the way. Uh, and it grossed $59.2 million in the U.S. alone. Couldn't find the outside of the U.S. box office, but uh, $59.2 million on a $2 million budget is uh, pretty good, which warrants a sequel always, especially in the horror genre. It has two sequels. One's okay, one's definitely not okay. To me, on, because of reasons that we're not going to get into, this movie's kind of a cult classic. You don't hear a lot of people talk about it anymore. Uh, again, there's some reasons for it, but uh, there's a lot of people, and us included, I think, still enjoy this film, so... It kind of has cult classic status on its own. Yeah. Hey, Mike, worldwide, it made $63.1 million worldwide. Look at that. Okay. All right. Let's jump into favorite kill, least favorite kill in the rating. Uh, I was going to ask if I can go last just since it was my pick. Uh, whichever one of y'all want to go first, go ahead. My favorite kill is Officer Gideon and the head and the head being cut off. Uh, my least favorite kill is kind of difficult, and I think – I think Brother Dustin ends up having the same situation here where there's so many off-screen kills, it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like fishing in a barrel with a shotgun. Like, you know, you're going to hit something. So I don't really have a least favorite kill, per se. There's no kill where I watch it and I go, that kill sucked. So I don't necessarily have a least favorite kill. Yeah, um, I guess I can do uh, – Dustin sent his, and actually Drew sent his to me too. And, you know, if you listen to this show, you know if you send in your uh, picks, you're going to get it read with radio voice. So you go, you're going to uh, have to deal with that. But first I'm going re- to read Dustin's, I'm going to do mine, and then I'll do Drew's just to kind of split it up a little bit, I guess. But uh, mine's real quick. You know, I told you my favorite kill was just the hole being blown through the dude in the, uh, at the police station. Uh, I don't have a least favorite kill because I've just complained about them all being off screen. Same as Mike, same thing there. I'm going to give, I, honestly, I give this movie a 6.75. You know, I kind of teetered with it going back and forth, but I, you know, I, and I know I complained and there's a lot of nitpicks here and there, but uh, things I thought they could have done better, but you know, there's restraints and restrictions and stuff that they kind of had to overcome. And I, I get that. Um, but I, the ending again, to me really saves the whole thing. Uh, my rating is a 7.5, and my favorite killer is Officer Gideon having his head pulled up through the car, roof, and decapitated. I don't really have a least favorite kill because most of them were off screen, so they all tie. The only fun fact I have is that at the end, when the creeper looks through Derry's eye hole, that it's actually Justin Long's eye and not Jonathan Brex, who is played by the creeper. Lastly, I hated the score when the Creeper was involved in a scene. It felt too sci-fi or George Lucas-like. It hindered the scariness of the Creeper. So that's that was brother that was brother uh, Dustin. That's actually a good point. A little bit, like I can see where he's coming from with it. And a fun fact that we didn't all have. So that was pretty. That was yeah, pretty. Oh, no, that's good. He did his good work there. Um, Drew, Drew wasn't as, uh, as nice about it as Dustin Shocker here, but, uh, he reviewed it a 4.0. He doesn't um, like any movies. It's okay. <laughs> his favorite kill was the decapitated trooper and the worst kill was the cat lady. So there you have it. There's all of our, uh, our scores there. And so by the way, my score, since I forgot to give it, it's a 7.0. Um, uh, I think it's a rewatchable movie. It's only an hour and a half, so 90-minute runtime is not killing me. 
Um, there's a, a lot of nitpicks and stuff. And again, I'm not a big monster movie guy, which this ends up being. But I like that this has elements of slasher, elements of mystery. So it kind of bumps it up. Some really cool effects, really good scenes, dialogue. Again, I would, I would say a 7. I'll bump it up to 7.5. I can't go back and forth with it. But yeah, so uh, 7 is my rating. All right. Um, my favorite kill was Derry. Uh, the visual of the missing eyes sticks with me. I love that. Uh, I love that icon. It's, the visual is iconic to me. I love that. I have it saved on my phone. Uh, my least favorite kill I picked, uh, it was actually a tie. It was between the body that Derry found in the basement. You don't, I mean, you see the, the sewn-up wound, but he just kind of just dies there, you know, trying to gasp and tell him what had happened. And then my, my the, the kill was tied with was the female cop just getting ripped out of the cop car. You didn't see anything, really. You just seen her fly out. I mean, did he throw her out? I mean, what did he do to her? I don't know. Right. Uh, I have the highest rating in this movie. Uh, this is the first movie that I've picked. I'm not giving a 10, though. <laughs> oh, that's, uh, that's true. That's true. That's true. This uh, this movie I gave an 8.75. This is a movie that I loved in junior high school and still do now. The Creeper is something I wanted so bad in a, in a potentially new slasher franchise. I love the first initial chase in the opening scene. The cinematography is really good, in my opinion. I love seeing, you know, this car just, you know, pulling, you know, you know, racing up behind him. I love that because, you know, that's something that all of us can relate to. If, you know, a car is flying up behind us. I love that I don't see the creeper's face until towards the end of the movie. I love the buildup of this new this new creeper, this new monster, this new slasher. Uh, the cons I have is the volume, you know, fluctuation of the movie. I, I really have a problem with that. Like the dialogue is a little low in some parts, yes. but that, but the, right. the part like when the the creeper's truck gets on, it's like, no, it's super loud. Like you, this is one of those movies where you have like the dialogue on fifty and the music on like sixteen because <laughs> it's super loud. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I actually wrote. I wish there was a couple more kills. I guess I did have a little bit of a problem with the kills. Uh, and I love that it it's shot in rural Florida near you know my hometown. I really like this movie. Uh, me and Mike have talked about this a lot on Twitter about I, – I went back, Mike, whenever we reviewed Halloween 2018. Right. And, you know, we were talking about how much we liked it just because it was a modern slasher, you know? Yeah. Because you don't get a lot of them no more because I think Hollywood, Hollywood's not creative no more. All they do is remakes and reboots. True. Uh, I really like Jeepers Creepers, the first and the second one, because this wasn't another – Right. It wasn't a guy, you know, who was just born evil. He wasn't, you know – a guy, a little kid who saw his mom get killed and came back with a mask on. It was a new creature, a new story, yep. uh, just something mm-hmm. new to follow. And he was, and the creeper, he looks awesome to me. I love the look. Uh, so, and you know, me and Mike talked about this on Twitter. But this, this was, in my opinion, the the opportunity, the chance for a new slasher franchise that we could have got invested in. But you know, with you know, extenuating circumstances with the director. And the third one was just god awful. It kind of it died off quick once all that came to fruition. But I really love the first one and the second one. The second one has a lot more creeper and kills, but uh, those high school football players and whatnot they all suck. Well, <laughs> hey, I mean you've got to you got to think too if you think about this. Like you know, scream scream kind of changed the genre obviously, but right. then like everything from when scream came out to you know 2000 basically was mm-hmm. all. 
the exact cookie cutter movie. It was, I know what you did last summer. It was, you know, the faculty kind of tried to change it up a little bit, but it was a lot the same. You know, Valentine was in there with um, Denise Richards, I think was it. And so, but they were all the same slasher movies. So I really do appreciate Jeepers Creepers for at least trying to do something different and, you know, start the trend of doing something different because, you know, a couple years later, we're going to get, you know, Texas Chainsaw remake, which obviously was really good. Then you get Saw, and then everything changes right. to kind of, you know, the the torture porn thing. Even though we've talked about Saw not being torture porn, it started that genre. So, I mean, it, it, it's interesting to kind of see the trends here. Um, right. This is in a no right, and you make a great point. This movie is in a no man's land because right. it's post Scream trying to do something different, but it's before you get. Chainsaw and Saw, mm-hmm. which is kind of, like you said, torture porn. So that little window right there is is either no man's land for horror, like, you know, like these things kind of fell under the rug, which this one didn't. This one made a ton of money, and it spawned off two sequels, and, and it was very, very successful. But it, when you talk about horror, it's not what I would call mentioned in the, in the casual conversation for horror fans, like a Halloween, like a... Friday the 13th, like a a conjuring or something like that. So it kind of falls through the cracks a little bit just because of the time period that it came out in. The only thing close to horror that a lot of people talk about from that time would be the scary movie, and that's not even horror. So, again, you get a no man's land. This movie comes out right smack dab in the middle of that. And so you're right. It's interesting to see the trends that go up and down. Just And, again, this is prior to Saw. It's and this movie's not gory. I I'm gonna guess for budgetary reasons, but there's just yeah. not what would I would call a lot of gore, but there's a lot of gross effects to it. So, mm. um, it does a good job, man. I enjoy it. I rated it a seven just because I don't have any. I have no nostalgia for it. Um, yeah. I don't. I'm not necessarily invested in the entire franchise like that. It's okay, but um, as a one-off, this movie really stands up. I, I enjoy it every time I rewatch it. I'm, yeah, and I'm gonna dis I'm gonna disagree a little bit with Nico, not not just to disagree, but I think that I don't I don't think that they they didn't show the gore just to kind of focus on the three main characters. I really think that there was some, but even though like I said I didn't read that, but they didn't shy away from showing all those dead bodies in the cave, all those naked dead bodies, you know, everywhere. They didn't shy away from any of that. So I don't, you know, I feel like that if they had the money, I bet you that they would have. Uh, uh, shown right. some of those kills. That's just that's just a guess, obviously, but that's just kind of what I think. No, that, I mean that's definitely open for interpretation. I mean, yeah. Th- I mean, we saying you know it had budget problems, but it still had ten million dollars. You know, I mean, Saul only had what one point two million. I mean, I uh, mean that's true. You can make a damn good that, movie. For and that was three years. Late that 2000s. was three years. Yeah. That was three years after this movie. So I, right. I really don't know if if Victor was trying to just go for building up the I mean, the Victor himself said this was about the two main, the brother and sister escaping the creeper. But mm-hmm. I kind of, I kind of agree with y'all. I, I probably would have liked to see, a, you know, I don't want to see, you know, like excessive gore, but you know, I could, I wouldn't mind right. seeing that cop get his head cut off or right. Let's let's see that cop lady get thrown onto the ground. You know, let's, you know, we can see a little bit of that. Right. Yeah. Or how the damn cat lady got killed because I don't even. I mean, did she yeah. get stabbed with a gun? I mean, I, I don't I mean, even know. I don't. I don't <laughs> I have a clue used- either. They used a lot of this budget in in other oh, ways yeah. to shoot yeah. on location. The you know the camera work like they used this this budget in different like you know the effects are there but they're not gory effects. So yeah. maybe 
and the sequels aren't exactly what I would call like super super gory. So I guess it's just the direction that uh, that yeah that maybe creatively they decided to take. I, I mean they upped the gore because you know like you know like we know because of the Scream franchise, sequels equal more gore. So yeah. there's some in there, but it's not over the top or anything. Well, they could have thrown a little corn syrup on that damn head that flew across the, uh, you know, on the car and then was on the ground. Like it was just there was no blood at all. Throw a little right. corn syrup on there. That cost agree. you a dollar, dollar, two dollars there. Oh, yeah, I'm with you. Um, I will. I want to say two more things. Gina Phillips, Trish, she was great in this movie. Mm-hmm. Justin Long was great, but I think Trish, Trish, I think Derek did a really good job, too, like Brian pointed out in a previous episode. You know, just showing the horror. Like I think that was with Halloween 07 with Scout and Danielle. Um, yeah, I thought, yeah. I thought, I thought Justin Long. I thought he did good when he was in that basement, like right. showing the horror on his face. I thought he was really good. And and Gina Phillips, she did great at the end. You know, pleading for the creeper to leave her brother be. I really liked that too. Which and, I believe, I which I believe I read Justin Long got the part because of his audition showing that fear. And and not going in there like apparently all the other uh, people auditioning was just kind of, kind of with a macho kind of guy sort of male lead attitude. And he kind of went in there showing that those acting chops. And that's apparently how he got it. He also turned down the sequel because the script didn't call for Gina Phillips's character to be a bigger role. It, it had a very small bit part and he turned down a pe- he He turned down being a bigger part of the sequel because her part was too small. So hmm. you see him for like. How long is that clip? Like 15 seconds or something? Like he's not a big part of it. Yeah, there's not much to it. Yeah. And the the only thing I was gonna say to you know wrap this all up was you guys are right. This movie's really not talked about a whole whole lot. But it, I think it is kind of one of those you know cult classics. Got a, it's got a following because I've had you know I've had a few, several people on Twitter. I had a few people you know Snapchat message me say hey man when y'all gonna do Jeepers Creepers? I think it's a lot of people my age mostly. Right, of course. Yeah. You know who are like man it's like they remember you know that commercial with you know just that that chase scene on the on the, the, the country highway. I mean that's that's you know Ocala's like forty five minutes away from me so so that that rural countryside that's that's very nostalgic familiar to me. Uh, really enjoyed doing this movie. Obviously, because I picked it, I like it. Uh, <laughs> well, that's not always the case with everybody that picks that's these true. movies here, that's so true. that that is yeah. worth saying. Well, like like you said, Brian, I'm not going to pick a movie that I don't like because I really don't like watching movies I don't like. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> and it becomes even more painful when I have to watch them and take notes and constantly rewind and miss on stuff. Uh, next week, uh, thank you guys for reviewing this movie with me and not hating on it too much. Uh, oh, I really enjoy this movie. A, re- a big shout out to Jonathan Brett. Come on the show, bro. I really want to talk to you just because I would love to yeah. hear just your how you prepared to be this new character. Great what job. the hell? What Great went job. through your head as you read the script to be this new villain? I would love to talk to you about that. Uh, next week is Brother Dustin's first pick. We're going to be reviewing Final Destination. That's going to be an interesting movie to break down because I know a lot of us probably have nostalgia to at least one of the yep. movies, you know, because I mean, it became, it became one of those franchises where. Oh shit! There's a new Final Destination. Every Let's year, check it out. every two years. Yeah. Yep. Uh, appreciate all the love we've been getting. Uh, our interviews have been getting hella listens. We appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> y'all have a good night. Thank you for all the support. And uh, just want to remind everybody to uh, don't, don't go out there. I don't care what the weatherman says when the weatherman says it's raining. You'll never hear me complaining.
I'm certain the sun will shine. I don't care how the weather vane points when the weather vane points too gloomy. It's gotta be sunny to me when your eyes look into mine. Jeepers, creepers, where'd you get those creepers? Jeepers, creepers, where'd you get those eyes? Gosh, y'all get up, how'd they get so lit up? Gosh, y'all get up, how'd they get that size? When you turn those heaters on, oh, is me. Got to put my cheaters on. Jeepers, creepers, where'd you get those creepers? Oh, those weepers. How they hypnotize. Yeah. Where'd you get those Where did you get those eyes? 